0: Welcome back to episode 84 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here at Chess Journeys, we seek to not only capture the glories of gradings Gain, which are tremendous, but also dive into the plateaus and perhaps the pits of despair below that. Oh, scary place those pits are. Uh, I, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon, Chess Journeys, and I want to thank uh, Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Dan Rich Burgess, Brandon, Hall, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, Lindsay Newhall, and Jeff and Marge Peterson. I have been streaming a lot for me. Oh my goodness. Like almost every day, just for an hour. So you got to keep your eyes peeled, uh, doing some puzzles with the Noel Studer method of taking my journal out and writing down all the lines and really trying to get them right. Uh, I have noticed defensive resources, terrible at it. Just terrible. I'm like, I got it. And then my opponent's like, what if I did this obvious move? And I'm like, didn't look at that. Okay. Good to know. Uh, also looking at a lot of car pop games. And I recently uploaded a 10-minute version of one. Just curious what people think to YouTube. If you want to appear on the show, fill out the Google form in the show notes. We all want to hear your story. It's the best part of the show. And today, I want to bring in our guest, Nick. Nick is an adult improver. He's an emergency physician. And he's kind of a chess superstar because he was on perpetual chess number 286 in the adult improver series. So it probably means he went from like 800 to 2,800 in a weekend all right, Nick, welcome to the show. Have you played any chess yet today?
1: I have not played a chess game. Most of the games that I play are are really long, but I've done tactics. I was just watching a video on Karakon. Uh, so yeah, it's like all chess all the time in my head somehow, even when I'm working.
0: Okay. So you're like, uh, somebody comes in and they're like, we got a bullet wound to the thorax. No, wait, humans don't have thoraxes. Um, some other part of their body and you're like, okay, Let's see if my opponent goes e4. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. That's that's a little, you scary. know,
1: somebody once said, uh, in the back of their mind, it's like chess noise. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, okay. I, I have to compartmentalize, but sooner or later, you know, okay, they're not going to die or,
0: you know, there's nothing I can do. Right. Uh,
1: then yeah, it returns
0: right back to chess. Okay. that That's interesting. So that's that's the like background noise of your brain is chess. And I imagine there was a time in your life where it was. Let's see. Do I want to say doctoring? We'll say medical information. As you are like cramming your brain full of all the information you need going through med school and things like that. Would you say that is the case, and it kind of changed at some point, or or how does that work?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, so one of the one of the things I, I, I chess is like any kind of learning. Um, so when I was learning how to be a physician, there was a lot of um, I guess the best way to put it is I had to learn a lot of strategies on how to learn. There was Mm -hmm. honestly too much information in a four-year period of time to be able to learn it all, Uh, whether it be anatomy or immunization or or immune defense or neuroanatomy or, you know, pathophys, all of these different aspects uh, that you kind of have to build one upon the other, one upon the other. If you kind of think of it as a ladder, you're maybe getting a foot on a rung, but -hmm. you're not you're not getting the whole thing you know after about two years of intense study where they're doing it every day for two years you reach a peak they call that like the most you're ever going to know in medicine i mean you have you know the most about medicine ever and it's like you hit the top of this mountain and then you have to pick which valley am i going to go down and you go then like much more narrow into a certain area um and you start to pick your uh um you pick your specialties but i Mm -hmm. I could talk a lot about that
2: yeah
0: i think that mirrors pretty closely my own phd work right where it's like you start out and you're learning about for me it was like the entire mediterranean region from 400 bce to 400 ce right it's like this huge amount of material you go to classes the professor's like by Monday, read these nine books. And you're like, wait, you're not even my only
2: class,
0: right? (laughs) Um, And then, so all of the background noise is this material. And then as you get deeper and you start doing your dissertation, it's like, okay, now you're really going to become a specialist in this one area, knowledgeable in others, of course, but a specialist in this one. And like you, I felt like for several years, just all my thoughts were, about this Mm. information. It's just all I thought about all the time. It was my background noise. So I think that's interesting. Now, see, I had given up chess to be able to do this. And I was wondering if it was a mistake. And I, now that I think about like that, it makes sense that I had to replace the chess background noise with this to really become successful at it. It's interesting. A lot
1: of, a a lot of bright people, um, they have intense emotions about a lot of stuff. They get really deep into uh, some things, but there's always something that they have to be engaged with. At mm-hmm. least that's that, that's true for for me. And um, you know, you catch that. I just called myself a bright person, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I find if I'm not looking or studying at something, my mind wanders off to think about something. So it's best if I give it uh, give it a direction and give it something, mm-hmm. some purpose with which to kind of like uh, chew on.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how my brain works as well. I'm not going to call myself an intelligent person, but I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. So if, I will, you got, I will, if you got I will the PhD,
1: you're at least out. diligent. You know, you're hardworking and diligent.
0: Okay. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I like that. Because people often make that confusion. They're like, Oh, you have a PhD, you must be smart. And it's like, hmm, a PhD is really like, I was willing to dedicate an inordinate amount of time to something small. Is that actually smart or is that the opposite of that? I don't know, that's for you to decide. Um, but diligent, definitely. You really you really have to stick with the task for a long time. All right, Nick, let's you've start that, with, what was that?
1: You, you've heard that joke, right? Why are the politics in academia so vicious?
0: Hmm, no.
1: Because the stakes are so
0: small. <laughs> okay. Yes, I have heard that. Yes. And also really true. It was, it was yep. really amazing. Like I'd go to conferences and I would deliver to this papers to like a room full of people, but only three cared. Right. But they cared a lot. Yeah. They like, cared a lot. Yep. Oh, did he cite me? He didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going down. And they are like, okay. Yep. I just angered one of the three people who cared about my work in any way. Yes yeah it's a it's 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 like
1: you are dead to the family
0: (laughs) exactly all right well let's go all the way back and start with like what's your background in chess what's your origin like when did you pick it up did you drop it ever did you play it as a kid where where are we out here
1: so um if i go all the way back i can't tell you the first time i picked up chess but i know that i was uh, interested in chess from early on uh I, i was fascinated by the game and you know just kind of Kind of into it but nobody in my my family really played my dad may have played a little but he was an engineer for motorola and intel so he's a busy guy um and my my mom's got a phd in biochemistry so she was a busy lady and uh there wasn't like a lot of chess in arizona you, you couldn't enough. say okay i'm gonna go down to the chess school or or i'm gonna go play the only time I ever played uh, was uh, in a, in high school, some chess club in high school. And I dropped my queen the first game. I was embarrassed and I never went back. (laughs) And literally that was my chess experience was like a flirtation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I really like the idea of chess, but you know, I don't really have a place where I can go play or I, I haven't started that learning. And then you fast forward all the way through adulthood um and residency and residency is where i went and came back because every now and then i'd open up the new york times and i'd see a game and i'd play through the game and i go god how did they do that uh but Mm -hmm. i wouldn't understand what was going on i get all the way through medical school where i'm playing some chess with other players uh there but it's not much uh, you know it's not it's not official i haven't played in any official way i'm not a uscf member and nothing like that just every now and then i can convince somebody to play chess um i lost more games to my freaking palm pilot than i care to admit it was one of those things that uh i'm old enough to have had a palm pilot that was way before iphone and they had a little chess game on there and in my residency when you had these down moments where you're just waiting for the beeper to go off you know play some chess and the the machine would beat me every freaking time Uh, It was so annoying, but I found uh, right around my second year in residency, I found in New Haven, uh, a group of uh, guys who would just get together at a Starbucks uh, uh, that just you could get a game. And it was this weird thing. It was this one Starbucks right in the middle of New Haven where I could, you know, go and try and study and I can guarantee you there's going to be. You know jerry's going to show up or or you know or mike and we're going to have a clock and a game and and uh you know 15 minute game 10 minute game something like that Mm -hmm. and it brought me back uh all of a sudden i got people to play with regular people to play with i've got uh i can try my sicilian uh you know at the time i was playing a sicilian uh i can do all of these kind of things maybe lose maybe win maybe make stupid blunders but i I got a guy I can talk to about it. You know, we, we can do a post-mortem. or uh, And then he took me, um, Jerry, Jerry Bloom was the name of the guy I ended up playing against the most. He took me to a place called the Owl Shop in New Haven, which is still there, but they've changed a bit. Owl Shop sold cigars, and oddly enough, had a little section where they would sell uh, chess clocks and chess sets. It's hmm. um, an interesting account, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of. Owl Shop is still there, but they completely changed. The chest went away. Uh, um, yeah. But I bought my first uh, set, a wooden board, uh, which is still right over there. Nice. Um, it was packaged with newspapers from 1997. So I don't know how that thing is, but uh, the chest <laughs> So set, they didn't the wooden, sell
0: quickly, you're saying. OK, I,
1: I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm buying it like I don't know, year 2000, 1999, you know, 2000, um, maybe uh, no, actually more like 2001, 2002. Yeah. 2002. Um, anyway. So I get my first set, I get my first book, Michael Bassman's uh, chess openings, uh classic mistake. I study openings cause you know, I want to be prepared. Yeah. And I, I just, I kind of got into it, but, guess what? You know, residents are busy. Uh, doctors, mm. uh, you know, have practice and, uh, I got a, I had a lot of stuff I needed to do. So that kind of sat on pause mm. after I graduated residency until, uh, one day my, I met my wife, we had a, we got married, we, we built a home together. We've got a house. I still trucking my chest set with me. Um, I'm still every now and then looking at New York Times games. I'm still every now and then dreaming. Okay, someday I'll get to it. We have a daughter, and my daughter reaches about age eight, and I'm thinking, I, I got a teacher, which mm-hmm. means I gotta, I gotta know, I gotta know more. Yeah. Um, I looked around. I did some research. Came across uh, Ben Johnson's uh, um, podcast. Listened to the one about the Steps Method did my research and I went whole hog steps method. Oh,
2: I'm going to cool. get
1: serious on learning the steps method so I can teach my kid. Turns out I'm a terrible teacher. She was <laughs> bored to tears oh,
2: man. Uh, and
1: I was fascinated. Uh And I was like, no, we should do more of this. And she's like, daddy, no. Like after five minutes, she's like, daddy, no. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's cool. Yeah. And, this could uh, be our thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I just, I, I had
0: to let that go. Okay. You know, let's, she... let's pause here for a moment. We'll come back to this. Sure. This sounds fascinating. I got to ask you a couple of questions about the early days, though. So first question, you said, like, you just threw out there, like, yeah, I was playing the Sicilian. How the heck did you even know what a Sicilian was if you're just, like, playing a little bit on your palm pilot? Like, how did that come about?
1: Um, I can't... Boy, that's a good question because I'm going to tell you what. The period of time from graduating college to getting into—I I called them the chestnuts—this uh, group of guys at, at at New Haven. During that period of time, was just survival. Mm. Uh, I I I can honestly tell you that I was surviving every day.
0: Gotcha. Every day I got
1: to survive. I had the worst year of my life between college and post-baccalaureate program Uh, you know no one's life uh, and I suppose chess is a metaphor for this but no one's life is all the way up Mm -hmm. you have ups and downs and you know post-college I had a big down Hmm. Um, it was enough to say that there came a point for me which in my life not I want to get like all like you know, uh, deep cycle analytic, but I hit rock bottom. And I can tell you the day I hit rock bottom and I can mm-hmm. tell you two weeks later after hitting rock bottom, waking up and going, this is BS. I'm not doing this anymore. We're doing something better. I'm nice. going to make my life better one way or the other, Compeller, high I water. And from there, my life got better. I got into post-bac program, which led to an appointment at the university of Michigan, which led to my residency in uh, New Haven so chess was a byline
2: Mm -hmm. along
1: the way on that direction i went to medical school with the all the commitment of cortez burning his ships in the new world i went to medical school saying no way in hell am i not coming back a doctor i will do this okay and it, it it was you know chess was that sort of like um friend I could turn to every now and then to kind of go uh escape from that intensity but yet at the same time chess would every now and then laugh at me and beat me up for my my move uh and it was um it was a constant frustration of mine throughout that know, so when did I pick up the Sicilian somewhere somewhere mm-hmm. in there um I just decided okay well they say this is the right move and there I go but yeah. I I didn't have the resources that are available now. I didn't have the time that's available now. Yeah. Uh, maybe I had a book, maybe not. I didn't have an actual instructor until uh, many years later when I did the steps method.
2: Okay.
1: But, um, I, so- I picked up the Sicilian and then I learned to play over the board with those guys okay. in New Haven.
0: So when you say you were playing the Sicilian, I'm just curious if it's like, I play the sicilian i play c5 and then they're like Bingo. okay what what if your opponent does this and you're like i don't know i'm playing the sicilian yeah okay yeah, yeah. it
1: was like e4 c5 knight f3 uh
2: knight
0: c6 okay. go that's the sicilian <laughs> <You know? laughs> right it and out. it is that's the sicilian yeah. okay yeah, right. yeah, yeah gotcha okay okay so it was like you you chose a first move you knew the name of it but you weren't studying theory You were just playing against the Palm Pilot, and then you found the people. So my next question is: This Palm Pilot, have you figured out what rating it was, and have you like bought one of those old Palm Pilots just to destroy it so you could be like, "See, I told you I would get you." (laughs) No,
1: honestly, the Palm Pilot could have been, I don't know, a (laughs) thousand. Uh, I mean, twelve hundred, maybe. Uh, You know, look, I mean, I was amateur and and still am, but I was amateur back then in every way that an eight-year-old who just learned it is amateur, you know, like, oh, I didn't see you You could take my queen. Oh, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like all of that stuff where it it just was, uh, it's like people who like solving tactics where they're the ones who do the checkmate, but they never look to see the defensive resources or they never look to do tactics where they have to defend yeah. Um, you know, not that, not that I want to mix it up, but, uh, I really come to understand that chess is much more like fifth grade volleyball than, than anything. And the whole point to win a fifth grade volleyball game is just hit it over the net, <laughs> just, <laughs> just hit it back over the net. It, yeah. if all you did as a chess player was kind of make sure I'm not dropping a piece. That would take
0: you a long way. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. A long, long way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for me, it's like second grade basketball, which I watch every Saturday, just (laughs) getting a shot up, right? Because like half the time when they pass it it is intercepted by the other team. And so it's like, just when they even get a shot up, you're like, this could go in. It's a terrible shot. There's a chance it could go in. You're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. Okay, well, that's all fascinating. So I take it we have not bought the Palm Pilot and gotten your revenge. Are you tempted to now? Like, does this sound like a good no, idea? No,
1: man, man, I, 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 I went Office Space on that Palm Pilot. I took it out to some sort of field somewhere and uh, had my revenge.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So you you went. You took a different type of revenge on the Palm Pilot. Okay. Fair enough. So we have this long period in your life where it sounds like chess is a part of your life it's something you're interested in it's something you know you would like to have more time to go into but that is just not the reality of the life that you're living um i've known people who've gone through med school
1: third but it's it's there
0: yeah it was kind of always there yeah i remember when my um cousin's wife was going through med school man it was like especially the the residency where it'd just be like okay uh, I won't see her for like the next day, and then she'd come home and be exhausted. No. It's like time to study chess? Yeah. No way, no way. Okay,
1: this is a chess podcast, so you don't need war stories. But I'm going to tell you a brief one. Okay, intern year, uh, trauma rotation. Uh, mm. They just decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna teach these guys how to be tough. And I can remember, I'm 40 hours into a call. Oh wow. Like, I I was up for 40 hours straight doing all this, like, grunt grunt work, scut work. It is 10 p.m. the next night. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. And I'm signing out to an obviously pregnant resident who's also tired. And it's 10 p.m. at night. And I'm like, can you just make sure that this guy gets this med or, you know, he came out of surgery. Can you make sure he's peeing? Because otherwise, the doc's going to, like, rip me a new one in the morning and she's like, but you'll be back in the morning. Can't you just do it yourself? <laughs> oh, I was so mad. Because uh, she was 100% right. I was going to be back at 6 a.m. Uh, I was just like, uh, I was just so mad. I bent my clipboard in half and walked away. And I was at.
0: <laughs> Did you forget you were going to be back at 6 a.m.? Yes. <laughs> uh, I just
1: wanted her to say yes. Can you take care of all of my patients so I can go home and sleep? Yeah. Just say yes. And she's like. But you'll be back by then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a sad story, my friend. Okay, oh. well, here's the positive side. You made it through. You're you're done. You have reached a new point in your life now. You've got your eight-year-old child. You're trying to teach chess. What do you feel like your rating is at this time When when you decide, like, I'm going to pick up the steps method. So my eight-year-old and I, we're going to learn together.
1: So oh, chess.com tells me my rating was around, uh, 1300. That was oh. my second chess, uh, dot com account because I got so mad that I was able, unable to proceed, uh, uh, and, and improve that. Okay. I erased the first one and came back with a second one, but, uh, <laughs> somewhere, you know, in the range of 1300, 1400. Okay. Um, you know, because I'd learned some tricks from the guys in New Haven. I'd read uh, Michael Bassman's chess opening book, um, learned he's got two chapters in the beginning about you know uh, opening play, like the the keys of development mm-hmm. um, and you know, pace of play, and then explaining what gambits are. But I was a d four player mm-hmm. um, and played the c five Sicilian. That was my repertoire uh, going for, you know, the queen's gambit and I'm playing against people who would accept the queen's gambit and forget that if I play then E3, the queen's kind of looking right at their, you know, it's like all yeah. that little trap. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so you, you think you're, you think you're great. until so you run into somebody who knows what they're doing and then you get blown <laughs> off the board, yeah. uh, in like 10 moves, but yeah, that's kind of where I was at. It was doing blitz, um, on my phone, Uh, kind of, you know, somewhere between 1200, 1300, 1400, depending upon the, the time of month, but right around when I want to teach my daughter chess, I'm probably like 1300, mm, high 1300s, low 1400s, somewhere around there. Okay. And I've been there for, I was there for years. Like that, Um, that was kind of where I was at for, for a while, made no progress, tried to read, um, Silman's Reassess Your Chess and The Amateur's Mind. Amateur's okay. Mind, I, met, I read in residency. Silman's, I read uh, after. And I, I still, yeah, I've, I've picked that book up, the, uh, the Reassess Your Chess. I've picked it up like five times. I've tried to read through it every time. I get lost somewhere around the third or fourth chapter and stop. I, I lose momentum, mm. um, you know, on that book. But The Amateur's Mind told me what I thought was, was most amateurs just repeat the same game. Yeah, And I think that's pretty much what I was doing.
0: Gotcha. So you were just playing for a couple of years, but you weren't improving because you were just making the same mistakes over and over right. without just identifying them. Yeah. Just, yep. just doing the same thing. All right. And probably in this period, you're getting better at least at blundering slightly less, just the experience of chess. Is that accurate? Or are you still blundering? Yeah. Sounds... Okay.
1: No, I would blunder. Uh, I would blunder. And it's still kind of one of those issues um for me but the blunders as you get better your mistakes get smaller but the tolerances for mistakes gets even smaller like like your opponents get better you know suddenly your mistake is i left this square undefended and then bam there's a knight there (laughs) you know yeah instead of like oh i i forgot to defend my knight You, you know it's just it's a little different
0: yep that's a great point i think that's a really great distinction as you move up you're still blundering, but the types of blunders are different, right? Like, you probably don't hang your queen anymore. You know, my my no. my daughter hangs her queen. Well, actually, I should rephrase that. My daughter is stopping hanging her queen. She might become hey. unstoppable. If she stops hanging <laughs> her queen, you all better look out out there. There's going to be this uh, rated 130 person crushing you all because they don't hang their queen anymore. It's going to be scary stuff. Okay, so you pick up the steps method. So you're like 1,300 when you start the steps method uh are you starting right with the first book then Uh, for some reason i was thinking the steps method like i don't know book three or something would be for your rating
1: no no i started with step two so step one is like you know kind of how the pieces move and and then step two is is um kind of learning a little more about how they work together um there's steps method is unique in one respect in that it's really teaching sort of that uh i think Pattern recognition or that art of like looking for um, looking for the elements of a position. Mm. I I've said before, and I believe it, I, I think the metaphor really works. Learning chess is like learning a language. And if you if you've ever tried to teach, you know, say English to, you know, second graders, there's this debate. Do you do phonics or do you whole language? You know, do you do you do elements of the, the language or do you immerse them in the language? You know, yep. like it's this six of one, half dozen of the other, these two different uh, proponents and steps really doesn't talk about the opening, the middle game or the end game. It talks mm-hmm. about looking for elements in the position and then trying to orient to that. Oh, OK. And you know the the key thing with steps. The first thing is is undefended pieces. You know, yep. can you find your undefended pieces, and can you find somebody else's undefended pieces? Uh, and then after that, it's like trappable pieces or or pins or uh, you know knight forks, um, pawn breaks, the whole slew of stuff, where you start kind of seeing these iterative approaches to you know, put the rook here, look at that, or, or, you know, uh, look at what the knight does here. And, and it gets more complicated as the steps go along, Mm. but where, uh, and I went through step two all on my own. Okay. And uh, the first book, um, and then I went through what was for me, the game changer, uh, in, in sort of my, my chess journey, and it started my real serious approach to chess, which was I did steps, uh, method step two, thinking ahead. Hmm. And I can, I can tell you sort of retrospectively now that, uh, that was such a game changer for me because it teaches visualization.
0: Oh, ah, okay. Do it you, one of the, all old- you recommend that for just people who aren't even taking the steps method and just like grabbing that. book? I would, I okay.
1: mean, look, Chess is a set, uh, uh, you know, not to give away the, 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 the punchline, but I've come to believe that chess is simple but not easy. Okay. You don't need to see 20 moves deep. You need to be able to see one or two. Yeah. But you need to be able to see wide, right? Seeing that whole board is really challenging for humans. And for me, definitely, I'll get tunnel vision where Mm -hmm. I'm looking at just what's going on with the queen. And I I forget about the bishop over there. You know, you got to look kind of this whole wide aperture, um, which most humans don't like to do in the face of complexity. They like to reduce it down to a few options.
2: Mm -hmm. Forcing
1: moves are really super helpful there, where if you've got a forcing move or two, you can reduce the number of options you got to look at. But instead of looking like five moves deep, just you got to look wide to make sure you don't miss. Oh, crap. There's that rook there you know, like that happens all the time. The only product that I believe on the market that I've found that actually teaches how to visualize is this steps to thinking ahead. And they have a steps three thinking ahead.
2: Hmm. They'll
1: give you blind chest. Um, uh, they'll give you some blind chest stuff. They'll, they'll ask you to move two moves ahead, three moves ahead. You know, what's the right move here, but it's just all on paper. So you can't, do what I think a lot of people do with these um, mm. tactics is you can't move a piece, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, right. you, you've got to write down your, your answer and mm-hmm. then double check it and see if you got it right or got it wrong. It, it was really difficult at first, but then I got a lot better and suddenly I found I could do one of the three essential chess skills, which is visualization. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was the first time I could do it. I, I mean, I can tell you that hundred percent. It was the first time I could do it.
0: Interesting. All right. So a couple of questions here. <clears throat> it sounds like step two is more about elements and not whole chess. So are they, are they encouraging you then to play a lot of chess alongside that? So that's where you're getting the whole chess.
1: Um, so this was before I engaged with uh, my first coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that's not true. I had four lessons from a guy um, who was, teaching me stuff that he, he teaches kids he was like you know first rule don't take it's a mistake um second rule <laughs> you <laughs> know uh um you know move pieces not pawns uh you know this is he's, uh, i'm yeah. like
2: mm, okay
1: <laughs> all right all right um and then he's yeah. like stop with the sicilian try the caro con oh,
2: <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh, you know, okay. we got four lessons, but I did switch to the Karakon, Um and huh. and I do like the Karakon a little better. Um, it works better for me.
0: Okay. That's just such a weird uh, thing for a coach to say really early in a training, stop playing this well-known, awesome opening and play this other one instead. Not that one's worse than the other. It's just a weird thing to tell a person, mm. like, you need to play this opening.
1: Well, you, you know, I wasn't very good at tactics. Oh. Uh, and I think that's why he said it, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I definitely had a weakness in tactics at the time. And uh, he, he I think that's why he said it. He's like, well, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's such an old gruff guy. He was like, yeah, I don't know, son, not not good, not good. <laughs> it was it, it. we didn't click, but I um, I'd never had a chess teacher before. Yeah,
0: so you don't know, I was
1: frustrated that I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah, And so that was around, um, God, when was that? That was, I'd have to look back uh, at those, but that was long before I got the steps method. Okay. And then I get my kid, we get the steps method. I start teaching her steps one and she is allergic to the workbook. Mm. I love it. And then I, I really bonded to it after steps two, thinking ahead. And suddenly now I can like visualize one or two or three or four moves. Nice. But, um, and then the pandemic hit. Ah, uh, yes. Right. Um, And again, this is a chess podcast, not really like a medicine podcast, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, no, what was it? November 2019. I start picking up little news stories about the virus in Wuhan. Mm. And then December 2019, you know, virus is kind of running amok. Um, and I'm like, nah, nah, that doesn't look good. Yeah. January, 2020, Nancy on the ACDC comes out and says, expect community spread. And I'm calling all my friends and family and going, we're going to have a pandemic. Get ready. Hmm. Uh, by, you know, by March, I, I knew things were about to shut down. So I do remember in February, just kind of walking around, looking around and going, okay, this is the last time I would be able to be outside for a while uh, and just trying to enjoy it as much as possible. Um, and we were texting docs back and forth, you know, Hey, you can go to home Depot here and, you know, ask for Jerry at the paint counter he's going to have a ventilator and, you know, a respirator that you can buy. Uh, just looking for our PPE, doing whatever we can. Yeah. And some docs started getting sick. Some nurses started getting sick and I'm seeing people And by May um it's just everywhere every patient i see has got it you know even the patients who don't think they have it they have it and it's just nuts my wife's freaking out nobody knows are we going to be okay we're not going to be okay and at that point i we weren't going to the gym anymore we we didn't have that outlet we we didn't have kind of a lot of the things news wasn't helpful you know watching tv and that wasn't really always my thing but at that point, I decided, look, I'm going to do this. I've wanted to do this for a while, forever. Um, I don't know, you know, how to, to make it happen, but I'm going to get serious about chess because I, I just, I, will, I love it. I really want to do it. And it became this critical counterbalance for me um, during that really intense sucky time mm-hmm. um, uh, of, of the pandemic. And it just became this thing that I could turn off what was going on outside yeah. and I could tune into what was happening on the board. Uh, I, I, you just find that flow where you're just like, that's so cool, man, look at that move.
2: It, you know, yeah.
1: it was just this great counterbalance. And that's when I started doing my, my first regular coaching and, um, it, you know, started to learn how to stop
0: dropping pieces.
1: All right. Tell
0: us the secret real quick. What is the secret to Stop Dropping Pieces?
1: Sure. I'll tell you what I've learned, because I've learned a lot. And I feel like I can't tell everybody how to do it, but I I can tell you what worked for me. So one, I stopped playing Blitz on my phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Two, I started to play, you know, on a board next to the screen. I started playing slower. And then you, you just try to kind of play that, fifth grade volleyball. Uh, okay. First person to make a mistake loses. All right. Let me make sure that I'm not the first person. Hmm. And, and you know, that approach helps a lot. Um, my peak rating um, on Lee Chess because uh, he suggested I join Lee Chess for free. I was chess.com before. I'm still chess.com, but I do like Lee Chess. The interface is a little better. So Lee Chess, I started out and with Tutelage. I reached almost two thousand oh, uh, wow. on Chess.
0: Are these rapid uh, games? Uh,
1: yeah, rapid and uh, classical. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, so rapid right now, I'm almost two thousand on Rapid Lee Um, it's a different rating system, Glicko one, yeah. Glicko two, or something like that. And, and you know, you just m- subtract three hundred from it, and that gives you your Chess. dot com rating roughly, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that. Chess.com aligns nicely with where you are in USCF, maybe. Um, but a number of different things happened. Is, is I just started paying attention to trying to not make mistakes. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I progressed. My my Chess.com rating went up 200 points. My, um, my Lee Chess, you know, peaked around uh, 1970, I
2: think it was. Nice. And then
1: um, I did what humans do. Hey, oh. that really works so well. I'm gonna stop doing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Right? Um, People always want to move on. Okay, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I can do these basic tactics, but let's go even farther. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I can handle complex tactics. Um, like I finished step four and step five. Mm. And, you know, I can I can do those kind of like tactics but I'll still fall for one or two moves, little
2: cheapos. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Because, or, I mean, I, I, that's what I was experiencing during the time was that I was trying to say, okay, I'm going to move past that. But It's, it's, it's like the, I don't know, Mr. Miyagi, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta paint the fence this way. Uh, And Mm -hmm. if you forget it, um, then chess is very unforgiving. Uh, If you forget to do the basic stuff, uh, chess is pretty unforgiving.
0: Yeah, I had a nice reminder of this the other night. I I was doing the thing I never do, which is I was laying in my bed. I couldn't go to sleep. So I was like, I'll just play one blitz game. It'll be fun. Opponent is rated 1186. And I'm like, oh, Oh, wow. Like this. I don't know what is going on here. This is a bit insulting. Uh, My rating is a lot higher than that. And uh, they played a really good game. They did make a mistake. But I made like two mistakes. And that was enough to lose. It was like, I played well positionally. I played like my, you know, 1700 rating, but I did overlook something because I was laying in my bed, not really paying attention. Uh Uh And that's it. That's how you lose a chest. It's real simple. Throw away something and then you lose. So yeah. And, And then it's hard to go to sleep, right? You're like, you got, this was supposed to be my like off to sleep thing. And I just lost to someone who I feel like I shouldn't have lost to. And it's because I threw away stuff when I'm not supposed to. That was really frustrating. Well,
1: I mean, so this was one of the critical steps for me was to kind of go ahead and, and recognize and at least acknowledge this is really important to me. So I'm going to treat it like something that's important. You know, if I don't give, uh, a, a, you know, two cents, you know, and I'm just going to play throwaway blitz games on the phone just for entertainment while the kids are running around, you know, kind of stuff. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but you, you don't progress in your learning until you go and sit down over a board and go slowly through why knight c3 is better than bishop you know f4 oh, or, you know something why what what does that give me what what's the options or you know uh, watching you know Karpov play a game i remember one time i saw him yeah. pull a bishop all the way back to f8 uh, mm, with his yeah. castle king, he had moved the rook out pulled his bishop all the way back I like oh I never thought yeah. of that what's that like it, it, yeah. so many tiny little things that you kind of learn but only learn by going slow uh, and, and trying to kind of integrate knowledge mm-hmm. it, it, it's like trying to speak a language you learn openings like hello and goodbye and where's the bathroom but you can't really speak the language until you understand the meaning uh, and that's with the thing with chess
0: is mm. it's it's a language okay so you said you stopped hanging your pieces and then you started again was this you doing yeah. like a ton of sort of basic one and two move tactics is that how you stop dropping pieces just really focusing on that
1: um so what i've done lately is is recognize i'm trying to make it more complicated than it is
2: okay uh, you know,
1: I, I mean, I can, now I can visualize and calculate, uh, to some depth. I, I mean, I can, I can visualize and calculate, you know, to about five moves or so, six moves or so where maybe I've got a vision of it. Maybe not. Maybe I got it right. Maybe not. But I, I mean, it takes me a while, but I can sit there overboard and go, okay, I take, he takes, I take, he takes, he takes, you know, bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that maddening part where i'm like oh well why don't i just take the free pawn (laughs)
2: you know
1: (laughs) no 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 wait let's look at Mm. the position after i take the pawn let's really analyze it and that's kind of i think one of the hooks uh, Mm. uh, or one of the mistakes for me was overthinking Uh, it's something definitely that i can do it's something that i have done in other settings Okay. Uh, and it's, it's, for me, it's, a, it's definitely a, a chess weakness where I'll overthink a position and, uh, not really for the better, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like five, 10 minutes and you're sitting there thinking like, what's going to be better. You, you're not going to get better. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to get a better decision. You've just got to kind of pick one and go with it.
0: I feel like when I overthink, I tend to like shift my brain into, oh, this is a chess.com puzzle. And I start looking mm-hmm. at wild sacrifices that make no sense yep. because yeah, yeah. my brain has shifted into that mode. And then every now and then I'll justify it. I'll be like, no, I think this is works. And then they're like, what if I go here? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I should have just just in the free pond. Like what, what the heck was right, that? Right.
1: Right. right. I mean, that's why uh, slot machines are so addictive mm-hmm. is because every now and then it works out. Exactly. <laughs> every now and then.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you sort of, got some basic tactics down you stopped hanging pieces and then you started going deeper trying to improve which we want to do and then you started dropping some pieces more is that is that the story there
1: absolutely and uh, i think the 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 best way that i understand now is trying to think i was all highfalutin and way advanced long before i was Mm. Mm -hmm. and I, i guess i would put it this way um i believe now you can easily get to USCF 2000 if all you do is tactics, 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 and mm-hmm. just make sure that you're kind of like trying to not be the one to make the mistake. You know, yeah. you, you, it's, 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 it's this really stupid, you know, simple game with a really complex, you know, board in front of you where you think maybe I need to like look deep and it's this one pawn sacrifice, no, you, you just, you just not, a, you more often than not, you got to make sure you're not the one making the mistakes. If you've ever looked at like finick games, he'll go away from complex lines
2: mm-hmm. to just
1: simpler lines where he has an advantage. Gotcha. Uh, and that, that works a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe you run into a Dubov and he just out, you know, thinks you. And, and like, all of a sudden you missed that. Okay. You missed it. But you, you know, don't be the one to shoot yourself in the foot and, man that happens a lot
0: yeah I've been going over a lot of um Karpov games lately and it's from this book yeah. uh strategic masterpieces and so they're mostly strategic masterpieces but a recent one his opponent just played bonkers moves for like four or five moves in a row and just like for no reason they went rook B1 which could be good but in this circumstance it didn't do anything and then they just went like rook b5 and just brought their rook into the middle of the board doing nothing and i was like this looks like something my eight-year-old would do and i'd be like why are you doing it and they would have this elaborate like 28 move plan that involved doubling the rooks on the g file in front of the king and you're like yep, but all yep, those squares yep. are guarded and they'd be like whatever it'll work it felt like that's what this guy was doing Karpov was just like uh okay here's this weird thing i'm gonna do i'm up like regular chess and you make yep. bonkers moves and then yeah. I will destroy you.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, everyone who calls themselves an adult improver—if they just, I mean, I my my belief—and you take advice from from me at your peril. <laughs> you know, so you're just warning. But everyone who's who's playing chess, if if all you did were simple stuff like sleep, eat right, exercise try not to drop a piece mm. you'll get better
0: wow okay
1: i mean it's, it's really weird like more often than not you, you know you'll get better I, i'm doing tactics now instead of trying to be you know like a 2000 or 2000 you know 2200 player you know kind of level tactics where i'm like okay what's the deep one yeah. now i'm just thinking like okay if i have a pin how do i attack the pin That that was so steps method You know, Mm -hmm. is there a fork? Is is there a critical square that I can, you know, pressure? But all of that is really the key is not that you're going to have a 20 move line Mm -hmm. where suddenly you blow your opponent out of the water, but uh, you're going to try and get out of the opening at least equal. And then you're going to see kind of what the pawn structure asks you to do. Uh, At least that's kind of where I'm at now um and i can definitely recommend to anybody who wants them they're i think they're on chess.com but grandmaster johan helsten has this whole uh series called uh, every pawn structure explained mm-hmm. if you play a sicilian or if you play a caro or if you play a grunfeld or if you play a uh you know a catalan or whatever it is that you play there's a pawn structure and it'll sort of dictate what the middle game is mm-hmm. Uh, there are you know There are pawn breaks, there are, you know, specific tactics, dream positions for both. He just does a fantastic job of explaining it in like 10 or 20 minutes
0: for both sides. That sounds amazing. Um, I've been going through uh, Rios uh, chess structures, which is quite good and does something similar, but that's a book. And I know a lot of people these days are like books. Oh, so this sounds like uh, something similar. So that was
1: something else I wanted to talk about, uh, and one of the reasons I agreed to come on is because I think I I think we have a paradox of choice as chess players. Now, I'm 50 years old. I was born before the internet, (laughs) you know. I'm the last generation of physicians who Mm -hmm. was uh, raised as kids without the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The the generation below me is you know internet native, and I can tell you from where I sit, I can absolutely say there is a paradox of choice. Uh, It's not just in chess. It's also in medicine. It's also in general knowledge where we don't have a lack of knowledge or information anymore. We have an overwhelm of information. The thing that we really lack for is relevancy. Why should I care about it? What does it mean to me? And, you know, Google and uh, Bing and whatever search engines are profiting by trying to help us, uh, you know, find relevant subjects, although sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. If I were to tell anybody who's starting out or struggling learning chess, they, I, I think they would really do better if they would learn kind of how they best learn. Like, do you learn best by books? Do you learn best by videos? Do you learn best by play? kind of figure out what your learning modality and then just tailor your program with that. There's yeah. fantastic resources everywhere. But they're all clawing for your attention and time and they all make kind of the same promise. Yeah. And it's it's a, it's it's like going and and just buying every clothes, you know, you can every pair of clothes off the rack and trying them on. Yeah. You know, you don't get that time back. But if you figure out kind of how you best learn ahead of time, um it works a lot better for me. I learn. I I spend a lot of time on Chessable learning lines, and turns out I, I learn a lot better when I watch somebody explain it on a video. Mm, okay. You know, if you, and not that I don't have lines, not that I don't practice on Chessable, but you know, I, I gotta get the, I gotta take the concept. I gotta get the idea. What's the What's mm-hmm. the idea? Where Where are we at here? You know, what is it that's the whole point, and you know, where does the Where does the tension lie? Um, and that helps me figure out, okay, if he plays a different move order and all of a sudden I'm like, well, okay, I know I'm supposed to put pressure on that pawn. So I think I can figure that one out, even though I'm in a different move order.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's such an important thing for myself. I've realized more and more that while my brain loves video content, just loves it. It also doesn't, uh, remember it well. It just yeah. like... I just go into this passive mode, and no matter how hard I try to make myself active, books are where my brain goes, Oh, are you serious right now? We're going to really learn. Fine. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the guy who's got a PhD in Mediterranean
1: history really <laughs> likes books. I'm shocked. I am
0: shocked. I no, know. I know. it's annoying because really, like, books are hard work. And uh, I would rather my brain could just easily watch videos and remember the stuff. But like you said, I'm of that generation where I did most of my critical learning via books. That's how I have trained my brain to know it's time to learn. Videos is when it's time to go passive and just have a good time. And I think it's a good, yeah. good point that you need to figure out for yourself as soon as you can, like, what is your optimal way of learning and then really lean into that.
1: Yeah, one of the skills that I've I've had to learn, practice and retain uh, as a physician is i got to hear a story i got to retain it and i got to be able to tell it back yeah and i've done that now for 20 years so if i get the story i can retain it and tell it back oh okay in this particular place i'm going to push the c5 pawn in this you know in this line because i want to get some center counterplay, and i've got to you know got to get white off of my tail so i'm going to push back in the center with the c5 pawn and i'm going to follow it up with a knight c3 or you know a knight c6 mm-hmm. Uh, You know, that kind of story helps me understand the dynamics of the position a little better. Whereas if I'm going, okay, wait, Bishop, you know, goes here and then what do I do? Like, uh, it it doesn't work like that when you're playing at this level. No, Nobody at my level is, you know, Carlson or Duda or, or, uh, you know, anybody who's going to play 15 to 20 levels of theory. You know, you're going to get like four or five and then get surprised or, or, you know, they're going to have a wrinkle like what? Uh, yeah. I mean, y- y- you're, you're gonna not remember your lines perfectly. Uh, and <laughs> you just kind of have to accept that. Or at least I have to accept if I'm going to learn, cause I get blown off the board, I'm gonna learn it. try and learn it once. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a the trap. Um, oh, oh yeah, that sucked, but okay. I'll learn it then. I, I, I got I to learn the story.
0: I, I had a really fascinating moment the other day where, uh, I was playing the Catalan, and no one ever plays like the actual main line where you you play the main line, and then they go, they're supposed to go, well, the theory is, right, they're supposed to go A6 to prep B5 so that when you take this pawn back, they can feed a cattle the Bishop and, and gain a tempo. That's theory, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I know the theory is I respond to uh, A6 by going A4 so they can't play B5. And the Mm -hmm. person in a rapid game took like six minutes. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Yeah. People do this? And it was so funny because I was like, yeah, but you know the theory and this is the the theoretical move. And apparently you've just never seen that move before or you just couldn't remember it. It was just kind of a fascinating moment for me to see that really sharp moment of when theory was gone. Right. Because this person just blitzed out all these moves. I play a four and it's just like, they're, they're done now. They don't, they have no idea what's happening anymore in the, in the game, which was really fascinating.
1: Well, the last game I played was quite honestly, the best game I think I've ever played uh, in, in, in chess. I, it, it was like, I won in 20 moves. I could have won in 18 um, if I'd found a, a, you know, slightly better continuation, but I found it and it was, you know, I'm second, like, set piece here, set piece there, you know, like I give up a pawn, but I've got this dynamic attack and the King on the run, uh, because he made a small mistake mm. um, and uh, allowed me to pop a knight onto D6. And everything kind of went from there. But again, it, for me, it was, I was prepped and ready ahead of this game for the pawn structure mm. And I, I played uh the Marazzi Bind and it was really jarring for him because he'd never faced it before. I'm like, how can you play the Sicilian Dragon? I never faced the Marazzi Bind, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wow. uh you, you know, I mean every now and then uh I'm the baseball and sometimes I'm the bat. Uh oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, that I was the bat that day. Nice. That was a that was a great game.
0: Yeah, it is fun when that happens. So many of my games, yeah, I go the other way where I'm like, ooh, wow i wish mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm supposed to know this move i have no idea also i can't figure it out uh <clears throat> this weekend I actually played blitz i don't have you ever heard of coffee chess it's a, a youtube channel okay well there's this guy he's like boston mike and he yells horrible things at you while you play and they trash talk and stuff and that's not how i play chess right i play chess in tournament halls where it's silent so i was like i'm gonna go yeah. play some blitz with these guys it might be fun they're local. Um. And boy, it was, it was really bad. Like we got this one, it was very early in the game. It was like six moves in. I should know the theory. And I know that he's not supposed to be able to do this move and he does it, but I don't know the theory and it's only a five Oh game. And I'm like, I would, I would, I would easily find the response in even a rapid game. And I took like a minute and a half and he's just looking at me. He's like, what are you even doing? And I was like, "Don't don't worry. And then I made a bad move anyway and just got, destroyed i i hung my king twice uh in this uh like in a matter of 10 games it was just a a wild experience for me the first time when they took my king i was like hold on a second what and they're like yeah that's the rules uh, if you uh you hang your king you hang your king and i was like okay i didn't know that but that's cool
1: yeah it's um uh, chess is chess is tough man chess <laughs> is hard uh and i i just think you know one of the things that adult improvers can do is lower their expectations their own internal pressure yeah uh, i think it's super important they can take care of the other stuff they have control of you know diet exercise and sleep and i think the last one is they can really sort of narrow down what they're going to focus on Mm. tactics and then the things that they respond better gotten better um but chess is hard man
2: yeah
0: i hear that um we're getting low on time here so I'd like to dive just a little bit more into like what you've actually done to improve so I think our journey has gotten you to like book three of the steps method uh where'd you go from there did you keep plowing through the steps method did you pause at all and like go on no so that's when I you
1: know that's when I engaged in a coach uh and I Didn't know who else to turn to because I was really into the steps method, but there's not a lot of coaches who are trained in the steps method.
2: Mm. And the
1: only two that I know of are Ben Johnson and Han Shute. So I reached out to uh, Han Schut, and he was kind enough in the middle of the pandemic uh, to take me on as a, a, as a student. And so we spent about two years together, a year and a half, uh, you know, together uh, going, through, uh, going through this stuff. And that's kind of when I had this rise and then this regression. So mm-hmm. I like rose up to this peak of 1970, some odd in classical chess, um, on, on Lee chess, and then uh, a bit of a regression. Now, oh, maybe God. the opponents were better because I started playing in the Lee chess, 45, 45 league, which I still play in, oh, but, okay. uh, um, the, you know, the opponents were definitely more prepared, but that's, I think when I kind of, we started going through step four and then later step five and the step four, or step five stuff is more complicated. Like end game stuff is so precise. Like you just have to, you just have to get yeah. the right move every time, you know, like mm-hmm. one move, one tempo, you know, King here versus King there, you know, winning, losing <laughs> happy face, sad face, you know, it's just oh, yeah. that nice edge when it comes to end game. But uh, I, this is kind of what we did. We did these step four, step four, extras, step five, step five, extras, step five, you know, puzzles. And around that time, you know, I had peaked and then kind of leveled back at this plateau and I was going up and down around this plateau. Mm. And uh, I was able to solve puzzles well, but I wasn't able to play to that level. Mm. There's there's this disconnect between the puzzles I could solve and then sort of the ability to play. And ever since then, I've really sort of retrenched um, and looked at, okay, I need to know tactics. I need to be really, really good at tactics, a la Neil Bruce. You know, I just need to really make sure I don't miss simple tactics. Mm. Simple tactics can either win a game for Mm. me or lose a game for me. And if there isn't a simple tactic there, maybe I don't need to look five, you know, deep. But now I can every now and then see vulnerabilities like this last game. Oh, okay. Well, if you've got an E6 hole in your or D6 hole and your, your king is still in the middle, that's an issue. Maybe I can push that, you know, maybe I can do something there. But I'm not trying to calculate all the way through. I'm just trying to see, you know, one move, two moves, three moves ahead. What does the board show me? What are my options? What can I sort of force to happen? And my, my play has gotten better. But I can definitely tell you, like, there's a disconnect between what I can do in a, in a tactics uh, puzzle and what I can do over the board, 100%.
0: Yeah, I'm apparently a super GM when it comes to tactics. I've crossed the (laughs) 2700 mark. I can assure you, I am not a super GM over the board. Not not even close. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So like if you were recommending somebody, say like the steps method, would you say to go through the whole thing or do you think it's worth kind of stopping at a point and just like either redoing that book or finding more books that are like that and just really hammering one of the levels?
1: Well, I guess um, I I can be wholehearted, uh, you know, full throated support of Steph's method. I think it's a great method uh, to learn how to make a chess move. <clears throat> you know, what are the elements that I'm going to look for, and what is it that I'm going to think about? Um, the other the other thing I can wholeheartedly say, depending upon where you're at, is that Susan Polgar learned the chess the right way. Mm-hmm. um series uh mm-hmm. you know she's got a bunch of a uh, series of stuff on chessable and while there's not like a lecture okay this is why this pin works she's just like real fast like okay let's talk about pins and then you get like 50 pins you know that you yeah. have to work through but it, it, it there's a real something to that um mm-hmm. where you kind of repeat the theme and you start to see the theme mm-hmm. um i think I think the important thing, whether it's steps method or Polgar or playing or video or, you know, whatever it is that you, again, you lower your own internal expectations of kind of the progress you're going to make, but don't, whatever you choose to do, don't skip the consistency. The consistency is the thing, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're going to do, do tactics for 10 minutes a day, you know, and then play a game you'll get better just doing that tactics for 10 minutes a game and then play a rapid game. Uh, you know, you, you will start to get better all on your own that way. That's just the simplest stuff. But if you mm-hmm. want to learn more, find out how you, you know, how you best learn. I learn great by study. I'm used to study. Uh, I crack a book open and I study through a workbook.
2: Yep. You know, I, I've done
1: yep. that for God since high school. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, so the steps method really worked for me that respect, you know, my kid, is picking her nose and flicking boogers at the steps method. So I'm not gonna force her through it.
0: <laughs> Different experiences for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the beauty of being a chess player right now, and also yeah. the, the real burden is you have so many options.
0: Yeah, I hear that. It is it's it's hard, like even for me, like I have stuff I'm working on and I'm happy with it. And I'm happy with my opening repertoire. And I yep. listened to, to Ben Johnson's podcast and uh, Jordan Van Forest comes on. And he's like, ah, I've got this new Tarash course on chess ball. And I'm like, wow, the way you're talking about it makes it sound way more fun than my boring Queen's Gambit decline that I've already put tons of time into. What have I wasted more time on a different opening that wouldn't make me better? It would just be different. And it's like, OK, let's pause that. What if you just did the things that would make you better, like basic tactics and going over Grandmaster games?
1: Look, if if you're, if any of us are below like 2000, then we're doing something fundamentally wrong, you know, on a somewhat regular basis, Mm -hmm. you know, is it a basic tactic? Is it not evaluating the position? I understand chess to be a combination of three skills now, uh, visualization, calculation and evaluation. Mm. And you, you only get better by practicing those steps to thinking ahead is the only one that ever taught me really how to visualize. I, I think the Polgar mates uh, might do that too. Once you start getting the mates and twos and mates and threes, you really got to visualize a lot. Yeah. Um, but the calculation part uh, is just, am I seeing all the moves? Did mm. I did I see all the, the, the right moves there? That one just takes a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. So it, it sounds to me, to, to correct me if I'm wrong, that when you appeared on Ben's show sometime last year, you were like, Uh, Was that like a peak, peak Nick, like you had just made your great progress. And now are you kind of like grappling with like, what do I do next to break through to the next level?
1: I would call it like a peak, then plateau. Uh, So, or regression to mean, if you will, (laughs) you know, for uh, the academic term, I peaked and then had a regression to mean, but the floor had raised for me.
2: Mm. So the
1: the floor has permanently raised for me after going, you know, through the set and all the work that Han shoot did. He's a fantastic coach, by the way. Uh I, I, I really enjoyed my time with him. But he um he helped me sort of raise the floor of my performance. So it's less likely that I'm going to go on a prolonged cold streak where I'm dropping pieces. It has mm-hmm. happened to me. Mm-hmm. But if I don't like the weird part is is, is like the weird part for me is that if I forget the other basic stuff, sleep, exercise, um, then I don't care what I've studied. Hmm. You know, uh, it, 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 it doesn't come through the same way. If I get sleep, if I've exercised, my diet's good, my brain is clear. Uh, and then I can think a little better.
0: Yeah. I wonder if that's an age thing because I feel the same way. Sleep to me is like number one. If I don't sleep well, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to do poorly at whatever it is I'm trying to do. I'll be, you know, 60% of my max capacity. Is, this is I the think, I the, think
1: the effects of it are more, uh, my, my two cents, the effects of it are definitely more apparent uh, as we get older, but it affects everybody. Um, you know, sleep deprivation made me uh, snappy and irritable. And, you know, when I was in residency and when I was in medical school, and it makes me snappy and irritable now uh but you know it just means I have a harder time you know really calculating doing that slow system two thinking
2: mm-hmm. that
1: uh chess requires and if you just go to your system one thinking you'll do what Silman says you'll just repeat the games that you've played before you'll just repeat the errors that you've made before um I I think chess instead of being marketed like a lot of what it is where you do tactics and you think I'm going to be the one who does the checkmate really chess should be marketed a lot more of like, okay, how do I get you to survive? How do we get you to survive? You know, 20 moves. <laughs> how do I, you know, how do I get you to keep the position equal or better, you know, for 15 or 20 moves? I, I think that's more the art. And I, I believe that's why I had this dissonance between the two. And I, definitely and it's not a, it's not a comment or a dig on steps or Han or shoot I definitely veered towards I like solving these complex tactics mm-hmm. but I don't like the uncertainty of the game you yeah. know like I would sit there and spend a lot of my time trying to look for these complex tactics and then the end game would come along and I'd make a blunder and a drop a piece and then that was that yeah. you know it's this whole other art of playing a game Uh, with time restrictions that I think people really need to kind of focus and practice on rather than study too much. It it is the art of how do I play a game? How do I respond to surprises? What do I do to keep the position at least equal? And how how do I make that happen?
2: Yeah,
0: that sounds like that dilemma of how do I take this knowledge that I'm accruing and turn it into skill? And step one is play chess, right? Like it's really hard to do that by just sitting in the lab and studying all day, you really need that real world uh, practical experience. So it sounds like you are no longer working with Hans uh, as your coach. Is it because you have officially graduated from the program?
1: No, um, we just kind of reached an end. Um, You know, I was on step five extra, but again, that dissonance we were talking about, and I think, you know, Han is a very dedicated um, coach. And I, I think it takes, uh, you know, it takes a toll. He's like scratching mm-hmm. his head and trying to figure out what, is, what is with this dude? <laughs> but <laughs> it was also kind of like, we were kind of at the end of steps because step six is a, on your own. Ah, okay. And, you know, I definitely felt for me, like it was time for me to take what I knew and then go learn how to apply it. Okay. You know, um, in residency, I was in a four year residency and the fourth year, for sure, definitely felt like one year too long. Mm -hmm. Um, But you were ready to kind of mature and go out. And I was nice to have that fourth year to kind of mature within the safe confines. And Mm -hmm. I was a better doc for it uh, when I first came out with steps method. You know, step five, man, I can I can do some, you know, some pretty decent calculations. But I got to be able to learn the art of actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. uh and that's really my focus is just basic stuff tactics and playing games and trying to see okay where was the critical position that one is such an art what's the critical position if i can get that man I my uh, I, I my
0: skills would be a lot better and how are but you yeah figuring you're right. that out? are you are you isolating that on your own are you relying on engines to be able to kind of help you figure out critical positions
1: so a little bit of both. I try to go through on my own. Um, when I, when I play a game, I'll try and go through and find out, okay, where did I deviate from theory? Um, number one, number two, what was the critical mistake I or my opponent made? Why was it critical? And then I'll try and go through and see what the engine says after I've done my analysis.
2: Mm.
1: Now the engines are, the engines are, are, are so advanced now they're going this Caracon, man, C6, that's a mistake.
2: <laughs>
1: uh and they'll go okay well you were plus five here and your move took you to plus three so that's a blunder yeah you know um or you, you know you had a mate in four and your move made it a mate in six so that's a blunder you All know right. like I, I try to be realistic um and uh, other people have said it and i'll agree with it you don't play the computer you play humans uh so i try to look for human moves uh, and try and see what was the position, but it's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. It, this is like neuroanatomy all over again. Uh, there's so many different little wrinkles to learn. It's kind of impossible. Uh, oh. So I take it one bit at a time, one bit at a time, one you know one game at a time. And my last game, it, it really all came
0: together. Nice. Those are always great when the you have the game where it all comes together. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know for myself. I've mostly been using a coach these days for, I play a weekly tournament game, and then we just basically spend the whole session going over it. And he's a pretty amazing guy who can just like bring in all these other examples, right? And so then we'll talk about like, okay, this was the critical moment. You didn't isolate it. You went here. Let me show you some examples of other people who went there and how it went bad. Here's some examples of people who made the right move here and what the trajectory would have looked like. And that's really helped me, I think, um, be able to go over my games because like you said, the engine, it's it's so hard to go over with the engine. I've gotten to a point where I use the engine for basics, but I don't, I don't, I never really feel like I can rely on the engine to actually learn things.
2: Yeah.
1: I've reduced my, my use of the engine um, to, if I get to a spot where I see a move and I go, why is this bad? And mm-hmm. I, I spend like 10 minutes looking at it going, I don't understand why this is bad that's when I'll kind of uh, go, okay, you know, I don't see the pattern. Show me what's up. Yeah. Uh, and then, and
0: then the engine will go um, Bishop takes B3. Duh. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was actually a one move tactic you were missing. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. I hear that. Um, okay. I guess my last question is uh, where are you on your journey then right now? Do you feel like you are at the, at a, at a plateau where you feel like you're about to push out of the plateau? Where, where do you feel like you're at right now? I
1: do. I do. I do. I feel like, um, going back to sort of fun, you know, fundamentals, um, is paying dividends. Um, you never know, like opposition changes all the time. Uh, but I I don't feel like I've reached my ceiling. I, I feel like, uh, if I continue daily work, consistent work, um, I will continue to get stronger and stronger. I know I've been doing the Polgar mates, um, uh, for the chest dojo. <clears throat> and now I can, now it's a lot easier for me to see those, those mates and threes. Mm. Uh, it, you know, if you did, you know, five pushups a day, every day, you know, two, three weeks later, you're going to be a little stronger. It, it's not the rate at which you, you might want to get stronger. You might want to be stronger tomorrow. But you know, every day you're doing something to get a little stronger. I do feel like I'm on the. I, I feel like I've got my finger on a better pulse.
0: Mm.
1: Whereas before, I I didn't understand what I didn't understand. Gotcha. And this this is a lot better now. I know that if I forget the fundamentals, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall to them. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall to the one or two move tactics. But if I do the simple stuff, like I develop my pieces with safety in mind. If I, if I look for weaknesses in the pawn structure and how do I exploit them, you know, with one or two moves, not like five deep, then, then that's all kind of where uh, my game is right now.
0: Okay. So it's about really taking the fundamentals, honing them, making them just a part of everything. And, and that's going to, that is going to be the tool that gets you out of your plateau. After all that I've
1: been through, all of this stuff, it turns out that chess is really about tactics.
0: Okay. Fair (laughs) enough, man. Fair enough. There's been a lot of people who said that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. I guess before we go then, uh, I hate asking things like this, but what is your rating? It sounds like Lee Chess, classical or rapid is what you go by.
1: Yeah, I got a couple. Um, So chess.com, I'd have to look it up, but I'm over 1600chess.com. Okay. Okay um my last over the board tournament uh uscf tournament i won uh four out of four oh my. but that was september um and you know i haven't played in one ever since uh my kid does robotics and robotics takes up an entire saturday and, and the entire oh, yeah. weekend and er docs also work a lot on weekends okay chess tournaments around here are all like okay saturday we're gonna do four rounds you know uh i mean it's just it sometimes i try and uh, make it happen and it just hasn't happened but uh, let's see, 1607chess.com and I think 1900 um, for both Rapid and Classical on Lee Chess. So I think I'm below on Classical uh, where I've got like um, 18 some odd and then my, my Rapid is 1970, something oh, wow. like that. So you're, you're really
0: close to 2000 even. Okay. Yeah. Well, Nick, this has been a fascinating conversation I've, I've really enjoyed this uh, emphasis on the fundamentals kind of going through all the ups and downs the plateaus the the hard times so this has been great. Uh, I'm sure people want to talk to you about your journey where can people get in contact with you if they want to follow up with some questions
1: Well um, so I tweet uh, occasionally uh, but uh, Nick Foskis, MD on Twitter um, I'm part of the chess punks community. Uh, I really, really enjoy that community. Um, I'm certainly gunning for uh, Omar now uh, on the number of podcasts uh, that I've been on. Uh, although Omar's got a way head start on me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I would definitely say uh, chessbunk's uh, community and find me on Twitter at Nick Foskes,
0: uh, MD. Okay, well, that sounds great. Uh, so everyone out there? uh i hope this is that week for you i hope this is the week where you make all the rating gains and you focus on the fundamentals and your rating goes up 200 points but if it's not if it's a regular week you know and it's a plateau or even a pit of despair it's okay come back next week we'll have some more uh i don't know psychological refuge or maybe some tips either one could be both and uh i'll see y'all next week bye everybody